When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of the mk plus hacks for the original mortal kombat arcade games some of my favorite hacks i have ever played and i'm very excited to be talking to you too how you guys doing doing well good man so could uh could you just give like an overview of what the project is in your own words just uh, so people could give it a make it have a better understanding of what we're going to be talking about today go ahead Drew. all right well for me uh the mk plus games are uh kind of a quality of life update with uh, it, a lot, lot of a lot of bug fixes and enhancements and things uh, kind of bringing uh, bringing the arcade games you know uh, to where we are now as kind of a it's uh, kind of an extension of the arcade days I think okay I think it goes way deeper than that but we'll get oh, to yeah. it <laughs> yeah oh yeah it, it goes way deeper than that um, but uh yeah, there's there's a lot more to talk about, and I'm sure Paul's got because Paul was the one that really created uh, the MK Plus. Uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but he he's the uh, the creator behind it. So I'll, I'll let him talk a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you've seen the first uh, interview with me, you kind of get you kind of have a backstory, but it revolves around just the nostalgia of, of the game. And and for me, MK Two is my favorite. Uh, and for, for Drew, it's Ultimate MK3. So we both kind of pour our heart and soul into the project uh, to do uh, various bug fixes, additions to the game. Um, you name it, there's, uh, there's a lot. I mean, we've put years into these, these two games. Um, and Drew just released the second beta for UMK3+. Uh, he, he did like 99.9% of, of the second release. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, so, um, it, it's like a passion project, I guess you'd call it like a labor of love. Um, yeah. so if there's something very minute all the way down to maybe a, an audio sample that isn't right, or it's overlapped, for instance, case, uh, in point would be Scorpion Spear on Ultimate MK3 plus, um, when you would spear your opponent, half of his uh, dialogue of get over here would be overlapped by the sound of the blood drops hitting the floor. So it would be uh, kind of truncated a little bit. So we, we go through and we fix various things like that. And uh, you wouldn't believe how many minor details that other people notice that we might not even notice. There's <laughs> like so many things that uh, somebody else might point out and you know might be the smallest detail but they love the game so much they play it so much that they're able to point that out and we can address it yeah i I think really like uh paul mentioned it being a labor of love that i would call it for me a a love letter to the game or a love letter to the series and what he's talking about with a lot of the missing stuff uh at, at least in uh mk umk3 plus there's uh 
like Ermac's animality, uh, his like the animation of the frog is in the game. It was just never brought out in code. So we recreated that. Uh, same with uh, classic Sub-Zero's friendship with the, the snowman uh, Jack in the Box. Uh, all that animation's already in the game. It was just never used. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, fine detail that goes into it. So for people that are, are have just heard of the project or maybe haven't heard about it at all, would you think it's fair to say that the best way to describe this is taking the original Mortal Kombat arcade games and then fixing some of the bugs that were still in there just because all of these games were rushed to release, just like most of them still are today, uh, but also going back and adding things that that were true to the game but would bring it up to today's competition levels to make sure the the uh, comp or the competitors are more evenly balanced on some of them and you know finding things like you just described where there's animations and code that that weren't finished and, and you guys are finishing them up like that i mean is that a, a decent way to describe the project in like a, a one minute thing yeah i think it's spot on pretty much uh and you said it you hit the nail on the head when you said uh like a tasteful kind because there's a fine balance between adding stuff and kind of going overboard. Hmm. So we kind of want to keep in mind the, the, the original, I guess, vision of the, uh, the original dire- uh, developers and just kind of make sure everything that's added makes sense, you know, not to go too far, but just enough to give that extra. So if someone else that's played the game for the last 25, 30 years, can kind of thrive to play to get uh, and kind of be surprised when they see it. So, yeah. And I mean, I think that's a big part of it too, because I'm sure you could do things, which I think are fun by the way, but you could do things like replace animations and sprites with, you know, like street fighter. So you could put guile in mortal Kombat or something like that. And that stuff's neat, but that's not at all what, what this project's about you know i've seen uh you've added characters back to uh to certain uh, i think it was umk3 right there was more characters that you're able to select from um but it was all in the code it's not things like you know it, you're not making stuff up this is not this is basically you're following the original vision of the games yeah. but just right. trying to make it a little bit more streamlined and tweaked and bring out all that extra stuff in it Right. Exactly. I, for for instance, you mentioned more characters being selectable uh, in UMK3+. Plus. Uh, like, So Rain was not in the arcade game. Uh, he's actually, if you look into the code, he's just a reskinned reptile with a, uh, with a, with a fancy hacked-in life bar. Uh, so we, we had some source from, like, leaked uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy N64 source code. Was able to, to use some of that to to build his special moves, his fatalities and things like that. Um, so yeah, like that, some additions were made like that, but yeah, those kind of stay true to the spirit of the, the arcade experience. Yeah. You'll see once in a while, we'll add something kind of like a new character select screen, because sometimes it makes sense to maybe do something like that. If you have more characters to choose from and there's not mm-hmm. enough initial room on the original select screen. It's kind of like a challenge, so to ourselves. So you're digging deep into the code of this game, right? You're, you know, if you're talking about taking source code from one into the other, or how, you know, from a, you know, most of the people listening to this, even if they're not programmers, they understand at least the concepts behind programming. So without going too crazy deep, 
Like, how are you doing this? Are you decompiling the original? Are you doing ROM hack style things where you're looking for areas of the hex and replacing it with others? I mean, what's like the overview of how all of this works? Um, well, I started off by using the biggest tool you can have is name with debugger. Mm -hmm. You can actually see the source code. I'm sorry, not source code, the assembly code. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally started with a note, a pen and a pad and started jotting down actual bytes of assembly code. Um, and then a good friend of Vistas came along and he uh, he's a programmer. Uh, that's his profession. He's like, hey, I can, you know, I can make you this, uh, this script to assembly code uh, applications where you can write script and make your job a lot easier. So he, he was the initial, I guess, um, spark for, for my interest getting into it because he made a hack for MAME where he had, um, for MK2, he had uh, Smoke, Jade, and um, Noob Cybot playable, but it was a, it was a real rough uh, roundabout way of doing it. So I'm like, hey, if I can get this to work on actual arcade games, that would be really cool. So that's kind of how that started. So um, with an addition to uh, Vistas' tool, and a really nice hex editor in MAME, you can do a lot. And then from there, it's just kind of understanding um, kind of how the structure works and jumping code to adding new code and jumping back into the existing code because it's essentially a linear process. So if you're going to add code, you want to jump from your existing place to your new code space and then back to it. I mean, there's other methods, but that's the simplest way to do it but that's pretty much a good rundown of how it goes about and then if you by chance kind of want to add a lot of things um we took it a step further and i actually have some additions to a business's original application to where it will automatically uh, rewrite your jump locations and you can just put massive amounts of code in any particular place of the ROM where you have free space and it makes your life a lot easier so now, you know, for anybody unfamiliar, you mentioned doing this testing in MAME, so obviously it's playable in MAME, but all of these ROM hacks that you've put out, you're able to flash them to ROM chips and replace the chips on an arcade board and use them on real hardware. That's how I have my, I think, MK2 and 3 hooked up right now with the MK Plus in there. And so everything that you're doing is still 100% within the confines of the original arcade hardware, which once again, I love crazy ROM hacks, but you're not like <laughs> adding code of something that didn't exist back then that's impossible to run on original hardware. This all runs perfectly. You know, with, uh, I've never seen any kind of performance issues on Plus versus the original ever. So yeah. whatever you're doing is absolutely within the confines of that set of yeah, hardware. Yeah, we have pretty good testers. Yeah. Uh Michael and Ryan are real good hardware testers, and I myself and uh, Drew also has the Wolf unit for Ultimate MK3. So I have the, the three myth, UMK1, 2, and or UMK3, UMK2, and MK1 myself. Uh, but it's not very feasible for me to, you know, my office is upstairs, my machine's downstairs, it's a lot of running around. But we have some really good testers that are able to aid in that and expedite the process. But yeah, the number one goal is machine compatibility. And we expect MAME to just comply with it, you know, because it's just, just the way MAME works and how it's developed to uh, emulate the actual hardware. You would be surprised yeah. the things that you can get away with in MAME that do not work on hardware. Yeah. 
<laughs> a little more so, forgiven, yeah. Yeah. So you do obviously test all of these on both then because, you know, every time people flash these, there's not any issues with them. So, I mean, obviously your beta testers, I'm sure, run into right. problems because that's oh, what yeah. beta testers do. So mm-hmm. <laughs> That goes back to the uh, main debugging tool, which is very nice because as a developer, we, we can go do our changes in code, load it almost instantly within uh, MAME and test it from there. And then that's the first step, the second step, if everything seems to be fine, we go ahead and we try it on hardware, make sure everything complies. And uh, that's pretty much the way it goes. Hmm. So I certainly would never try to go through all the changes because I believe it's hundreds at this point, if not more than <laughs> yeah. that. So, uh, and if anybody's interested, all of this documentation's up on the website, you know, you list all the changes up on there and everything, but, you know, just some fun questions. Like, what do you think for each of you is the most fun thing that you've added or, um, you know, or fixed or whatever else? Like, what what's one of the top one or two things that really stand out to you as like, you know, you're very happy that you fixed or added that? You want to go through? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, from the the most the the thing I think that gets the most uh, positive feedback, the what people think is uh, one of the the best additions uh, for UMK three plus uh, for beta two, uh, the selectable palettes. So you know how it works. If you have you know if you have a mirror match, player two gets the alternate palette and things like that. Uh, so what I did for uh, for beta two was I added a third palette to every character. Uh, and I also made their palettes uh, selectable on the character select screen. So you go over to you, you go over to whatever character you want, and you hit start. It gives you player two palette. If you hit start again, it gives you the alternate palette, the third palette. If you hit start again, it takes you back to the original. Uh, and it, it works on both select screens, uh, and it works on the versus portraits as well. Um, and you would be surprised how much uh, how much work actually went into that. It was probably about three times more work than I thought it was originally going to be. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but I'm I'm glad I stuck it out because people people really enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. For I guess from my point of view, I would say the funnest thing I added had to be without a doubt probably two versus two tag team mode where you can tag in and out for MK two. That's, that was that that was a, one of the biggest uh, accomplishments I think on that and the biggest endeavor as far as adding a feature that um, caused me a lot of trouble just various crashes was probably the new character select screen for MK2 the, the killer instinct style uh, select screen but uh, I would have to say without a doubt that the tag was was really awesome. Which, by really the way, cool. was brought to UMK3 as well. So obviously you have your mm-hmm. usual 2v2 on MK3, but we did add the uh, the tag feature for that too. That is absolutely awesome. So the the focus has been on UMK3 and 2. Um, have you looked at MK1? I know you were considering it at the at one point, but I, you know, I realize how much work goes into this. Or I guess I could, the better way to put it is I can only imagine how much work goes into it. It's probably even more than I'm picturing. But Yeah, so MK1 has actually been in progress for quite some time, and I'm on a bit of a... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Break, but I can tell you that if you're in our Discord, um, there is a channel. Say if you like made a contribution, there's a, there's a little section in there that allows you to test any daily builds. And there is actually an MK Plus build that's playable. Um, I can tell you it has Reptile selectable from the original select screen. Um, there is a brand new overhaul of the uh, one player tower, which mm. looks great because it uses the large portraits instead of the small ones. Um, there's a little bit at the end of the game called Shang Tsung's Treasures. It's kind of like a slot machine where <laughs> you'll have, uh, I think there's six to eight icons in, in Pretty much roll a dice and you get a random reward um and there's 2v2 tag in that as well um little minor adjustments and additions would be after you select your character they do their win pose and their name is said normally it doesn't do that mm-hmm. um but yeah there's there's a slew of things with that as well and and that's uh that's still in the pipeline um i've kind of been pulled various different things. I like to wander. <laughs> it gets me in trouble because I can't really, can't really focus on one thing, but uh, that's definitely in the pipeline. And I might add, it's going to be only for T unit boards only just because Y units, there are some significant changes and the addressing is a little bit different. So it's, you can't kind of run the hack on both boards. So instead mm. of, you know, that would be twice the work doing it for both boards. So, uh, I'm supporting the, the newest, um, T unit board. So. Makes sense. Um, so, uh, while I do want to talk a lot more about the changes in the process and all of that, I think I, I definitely want people to get an idea of the easiest way to play this. So can you take like, um, your, your MAME files for MK two and three, or I guess one, if you're in the beta program and then just flash it with a ROM patcher and play it with MAME. Do you need a special version of MAME? Uh, for people that don't have, you know, uh, chip flashers at home that just want to try this out, what do you think is the best way to play this? Uh, do you want to answer, Drew? Do you want me to answer? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think uh, I think in the Discord there's a, there's a link uh, to where you can get uh, the custom version of MAME. Uh, that was put together that supports all of uh, the publicly released plus games, because um, UMK three UMK three plus uh, has uh, you know the additional four graphics chips on it. So just trying to plug, uh, just trying to plug it into standard Mame and renaming it UMK three is gonna is gonna crash the game pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, there is there is a custom Mame build out there. I believe uh, Fight K two, which uses FB Neo, uh, their core is updated. Uh, that that will run um, MK2 plus beta 2, UMK3 plus beta 2. Um, so it, it's definitely out there. Um, I think the website has uh, has the the patch files. You got to run you got to run the Lunar IPS program uh, in order to patch the files because downloading ROMs and supplying ROMs for download is illegal. Um, right. But patch files are okay. Uh, so uh, you you would have to do that. There's video tutorials out there uh, that are readily accessible in the Discord, also. Uh, so um, you can it's it's uh, it's 
I say it's easy, but you know, I also I also built the hack, so I I kind of I kind of <laughs> know <laughs> I kind of know how it works. Uh, but there are some really good tutorials and stuff uh, in the Discord uh, in the main related channel. Uh, shout out real quick if I can to uh, Hugo Stiglitz, DA. Uh, that's his username on there who built the custom main, uh, as well as has put together some good tutorials. Hmm. So that seems pretty straightforward, especially, you know, if, if you would mind, I'll grab all the links from you after we're done with this. So I could put it in the main post so people could just go right there and have all the info to get started right away. Um, one of the things that a lot of beginners like to do and or just lazy people like me that don't want to have to redo a PC thing is use Raspberry Pis. Um, it's pretty common for people to even have multiple micro SD cards where they could just put different stuff on there. Have you tested it on a Pi, or at least a Pi 4, you know, which is powerful enough to not <laughs> suck for the emulation? Um, uh, have you tested on that? Is there a special build for it or anything? I only have a Raspberry th Pi 3B, I think it is. And I have not, mm -hmm. but from what I've heard, um, Raspberry Pi uses, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they use RetroArch. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think think there's problems with this specific emulator uh, mm. but other than that i haven't tested on uh you know pi 4 it's probably better i would have to imagine but uh, there are people out there i know that have an emulator on their dreamcast or playstation 3 that actually run retroarch and and they play it but i will say they're also they do have some really strange bugs sometimes with that particular yeah. setup um so it's it's not guaranteed to run as accurate as it should be yeah i'm i'm not a fan of that platform for many reasons and i do hope that um i know this is a shitload of work I, but i do hope people swing back around and try to build a raspberry pi boot image that's just mame nothing else even i mean a gui is always much appreciated but if i had to to choose i would rather just launch from a command line or uh what are they twoies they call them so it's not really a gui but it's you know you could still use you know uh arrows to select stuff i would love to see just mame on a pi just to really take advantage of this stuff and make like a easier. mr fpga menu yeah yeah basically um and I think that's going to be probably the most exciting thing is I know Hotego had mentioned that he's going to start looking into MK soon. So if that, uh, if that happens on the Mr, this is uh, that's going to be pretty massive to be able to play that right on Mr. Yes. I've, I've been learning. I've been, I've been down that street. That's another thing that's pulling me in a different direction is learning uh, system bear log. Uh, hmm. Cause I just, I just recently got um, me so I don't pull it all, but I just recently got my hands nice. on one. So uh, that's a lot of my time to go into that, and I've got I've got something going on that. Um, if Hotego wanted to, he could easily blow me out the water getting that to uh, to mainstream. But this is uh, kind of like the way I did the, uh, the the hacks and stuff. It's it's learned by uh, I guess the process of doing it because. You know, there's not really much out there. A few tutorials, you know, um, but you really have to get your hands on and start working with it to understand how it works. Uh, get your feet wet, and then uh, from there, uh, hopefully, make something work. So, yeah, 
I mean, also this stuff's all open source, right? So collaboration is probably massively appreciated by everybody. So even if Otego jumps in all the way with this, I'm positive anything that you've already done would, would help contribute to it. And especially both of your knowledge of the ROMs and how the game works and all of that. That's, you know, that that's years of, of experience that you two have that, you know, I don't care how smart somebody is. If they're just starting out, that's definitely something that could be added to it. So Hopefully uh, he'll, he'll reach out when he starts that process. And I'd, I'd definitely love to see it on Mr. I actually have mine sitting right in front of me because I was just shooting a video where I needed to capture footage. And it's just so much easier to grab this thing nice. and plug it directly in. So. so do you both have programming backgrounds? How are, how are you able to go in and start doing this? Or is this just a hobby? Do you, or do, you do programming for your day jobs? Go ahead. You... All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a hobby for me. Um, I've I've worked in IT for the past fifteen years, uh, mm. but I my my job is not as a programmer. So, uh, and assembly is the uh, the only programming language I'm really remotely good with, and it's because of the MK it's because of the MK plus games. Um, so yeah, I, very and I uh, I don't know quite the best way how to say it uh but it's it's amazing what a hobby or an interest uh can allow you to learn if you uh if you put some time into it definitely yeah, yeah definitely uh for me i um this is kind of it's way out of left field for me because i i'm an automotive mechanic i've been for 20 years so i, I basically fix things <laughs> it's the mk2 fixes probably but uh it's just like i said with the uh the the mister uh you just gotta jump in you know get your feet wet um i i dabble in a lot um that's obviously the assembly uh c sharp java some, some go um even got into writing some uh, a processor module for the tms 34,000 series for ghidra so you can at this point you can load in um the program file, let's say you take your UJ12 and UG12, your two program files for MK2, and you do the interleave process, you can load that into Ghidra, which is an open source uh, disassembler made by, uh, you know, NSA. And you can actually follow the actual, the process of the program and, and the flow of it. So um, it's basically just, uh, I don't know, I, I get taken from one place to another, it kind of leaves me, I'm kind of like a drifter in that area. But uh, <laughs> it's crazy the stuff you learn just, you know, rooting from one game. So, yeah, I mean, the mechanic thing makes sense, though, because I, I worked in an auto shop when I was a kid for a couple of years and a couple of my friends are mechanics. And being able to to not just see the problem that you're working on, but understand the whole flow of things from start to finish is something that is integral to programming and being a mechanic that doesn't suck. You know, right. if, uh, you know, if your car won't start, you don't just put a new battery in and then call it a day. You got to check the alternator. You're going to make sure everything else is, you know, yeah. there's a whole system of things around it. So it, that actually makes complete sense that you would be good at and both of these things. It's kind of weird because it, it kind of are, they come together a little bit in some aspects because when I'm looking and learning about this bear log and, and clock timing, and um, different types of communication, bus lines and stuff. I get that in my automotive field when I'm diagnosing maybe a control module uh, communication issues, stuff like that. So it kind of overlaps a little bit, but I know just enough to get me, you know, keep me 
entertained and keep me going to learn more and more and more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it kind of go hand in hand somewhat. Hmm. So which of the MK games is both of your favorites and, uh, and why? Cause that's one that's always an awesome debate that no one, I, nobody agrees with me on this one, but it's a personal preference. I don't, I'm not trying to tell anybody <laughs> there's a better version or anything. But oh yeah. We've which, covered this a few times. Have we drew? <laughs> Yes, we have. We so both, from we my <laughs> from my point of view, I always tell him this, and we we jab each other all the time. He he's obviously big into UMK three. I'm an MK two fan because it kind of just starts. I think it starts at a younger age when you just you're, it's nostalgic. You know where does it start for you? For some people, you may be a little older, and it may be the original MK. Some people may be you know some down the line. But for me, I always say it's like chess versus checkers when it comes. To UMK or MK2 to UMK3, and Drew knows I use that term quite a bit. But for me, it's MK2, but I'll let Drew tell you what his is. Uh, sure well, <laughs> it's it's definitely it's definitely UMK3. I mean, UMK3 is it's fast, it's loud, it's violent. Uh, and you know, it's for me, it's not chess versus checkers, it's checkers versus like chess with a move timer because you've you've got to know how the game works you got to be good at the game but you also got to be fast because that run button and those auto combos and those 50 percent combos and those single frame startup moves uh i could go on for a while you've got it you got to be quick you got to be quick hmm. and you got to know what's going on uh now i will i will give paul this i think mk2 overall is the best game in the arcade series uh the improvement that it was over mk1 uh, the kind of fit and finish or polish that uh, that they put into the game, qual- the video quality, the audio quality, all of that, that stuff is better than uh, UMK3. Uh, but as far as like the gameplay and stuff go, it's it's got it's got to be UMK3 for me. I can agree. <laughs> the, the technicality standpoint, I think, with the the run jabs and stuff to be uh, on the competitive side, UMK3 I think is a little more difficult. Uh, but he's right about MK2 being, I think, overall, probably a better package, so to speak. Uh, they have larger sprites for the fighters. That's one of the biggest things. Um, so they downsized them a little bit for UMK3. Uh, the audio was was brand new with the, uh, um, the DCS sound system. So they got away from the Yamaha and went to that. Um, so it was leaves and bounds better in the audio department. And so I set the bar there and UMK3 kind of took it from there and uh, they added a lot more stuff because you know how it is as, you know, probably a game developer, everybody, the next game, they want, they want more, they want more, more, more. So it's, it's basically how it goes in almost every, I guess, series of games. It's funny you say that because MK1 has always been my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and I know, I know the shortcomings, obviously, but it's because it's less so yeah. I still remember at least half of everybody's moves and fatalities from my childhood. I still, jumping in, you have a smaller character select screen. Uh, I could get to the mirror match every single time I play it now. Probably, on you know, if I'm actually trying on one quarter, I can get to the, the or two quarters, get to the mirror match. And it's, it's something that I, I could always jump in and play. Whereas MK2, I get my butt whooped every time. I've never been gotten good at it. I've been better at three against the computer, but just like you were saying, Drew, there's so many different things. Like I could never play that competitively. You know, there's been people playing that since the day it was released that know every single thing about it. 
And, you know, it's excellent for competitions for people who are really good at it. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, the, the first one will always will always be my favorite also because, like you were saying, with nostalgia. The first time I saw Sub-Zero rip out somebody's head and spinal cord, I could not stop <laughs> laughing. I thought that was the funniest, most over-the-top bullshit I'd ever seen, and I loved it. <laughs> it was great. In addition, I don't know if uh, – but. MK1 lacks the crossover moves. You jump over your opponent and kick them or punch them from the other side. But that is another addition that's an MK1 plus. So which completely changes uh, the dynamics, yeah. The dynamics. Yeah, it is it's a game changer, no pun intended. <laughs> so now all of your games, if I remember correctly, um there's an option for classic combat, right? Mm-hmm. So that's essentially the original games, but with some of the extra features still allowed. Would you go into a little bit and explain what that is? and Or, or maybe I, it's as simple as I just said. But I think there's more to it than that. Well, yeah, there's uh, in every arcade, there's the test menu. And there's I, I, you'd be surprised, though, because a lot of people don't know the test menu even exists. Uh, I think in MAME, it's F2, possibly, mm-hmm. or the shortcut key. So you go in there, and we like to keep it as true to the original as possible when adding new things. And when we do that, we do it by adding new options in the test menu, which are stored in the CMOS area of the actual board on the chip. So you can go in there and turn off different options if you want to be more true to life. Like you can go in there and, and turn off uh, certain new stages. You can turn off... Uh, you know, secret characters, you can turn off uh, various additions. Um, if there's room left over in the CMOS chip to add another option, chances are we've added it just for that sake, you know, just to keep it true to the original game and, you know, give people options. You know, they might not like a feature. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, for me, coming from uh, a community of competitive players with UMK3, um, Probably the most important thing is uh, preservation of original gameplay, because uh, there, there was there was a hack out there of a couple of these games that made a lot of hard hard coded changes that you couldn't say I I don't want these I want to play I want to play the original style but you couldn't do that and it it threw off the it changed the competitive balance of the game uh, to the point where like some moves were removed uh, for some characters. Uh, so like the core of, uh, you know, the, the core of it for me was preserving original gameplay, but also giving people the options if they want to try something new. Yeah, we do have balance options that are available out there. You know, if, if you don't want, you know, if you don't want the guy to sit there and teabag you for 10 seconds, don't turn on our uh, extended fatality time. Um, so, yeah, uh, I. That's probably uh, one of the things that uh, I appreciate most about uh, the Plus games is the dedication to keeping things, uh, the availability of uh, original arcade gameplay. Um, outside of, like, I guess, blatant, blatant bugs, uh, one example I'll give is UMK3, where player one sector can, throw, can put out a homing missile, and, and while the homing missile's out, he can throw a regular missile player two sector can't do that um Mm. and there's no reason a a character should be uh nerfed or buffed based on which side of the uh which control stick they have uh so like that's does that change gameplay Uh, at the core i suppose so 
Uh, but it is a pretty blatant bug that needed to be fixed. Hmm. Um, what about stuff like um, Sonya and MK1? Could you know you could just beat everybody with that character? You know, in MK1, are you going to have like you know classic combat, so it's just exactly the way it was with all of the unfair gameplay, and then in the you know the MK Plus version, have the characters be more fair to each other? That's something you wrote a lot about on your website when this project first started was evening that out to make it more fair for competition. Uh, so yeah. Do you guys want to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, so that goes back to kind of like the CMOS setting. If we were to do any kind of significant gameplay changes as far as balancing goes, we always include options. Like we can do original, we can do, uh, you can call it competitive if you want, uh, or balanced. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about with Sonya. She has a pretty nasty uh, leg grab that you can get from, I don't know, 10 feet away sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that, is definitely addressed in MK1 Plus and also addressed is her input for her uh, her ring, her projectile, because it's a really odd way to do it. Um, at the top of my head, I want to say it was hold low punch back or let release, and, but it wasn't it wasn't that. It was it was some weird it it was a move that is not done in any other MK game. It's really strange. I'll have to Forgive me, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I remember I changed it to back, back, low punch, mm. you know. Uh, but that is another change, and um, it falls into just another option for players if they want to have, you know, balancing or if they want original, um, which um, will not include the additional moves because there will be new moves for, for say, Scorpion will have a forward teleport. Um, and... Uh, it was one for uh, I was messing around with uh, an ice clone like a la UMK three for Sub Zero, and I actually mm -hmm. got it done. That's like an additional move. It, it's just you know another option uh, you can turn on or off if you like. But uh, yeah, that all falls back into having another option in the CMOS, the test menu, so people can turn on or off these balance changes. And um, like you said, sometimes it's you know it's some things are just plain broken, and with the speed of development. Uh, they, they miss some things. So we come along and that's one of the things we, we like to do is we clean it up and uh, make it the way everybody thinks it probably should have been. Yeah. So just to pause for a second, you keep mentioning the, the test menu. So for people that don't know, which I didn't even know this for years and I freaking love MK, but the test menus are hidden in there. It's not even in the service menu, like on, on the, uh, on the BIOS. So like if you go into the game, and I, I left myself a note back in 2019. That's a long ago. I have kept this in my inbox just to remind me of this. But it's like you have to hit a bunch of buttons, you know, block X times on player one, then on player two and back and forth to enter these menus. Um, so it's it's complicated. It's not like flipping a switch. You have to, you know, I don't know anybody that memorized it either. You have to pull out your little cheat sheet and go in. So that alone, just being able to access the test menu is pretty awesome. <laughs> so just to just to clarify, uh, I just hit the raised hand button. Not sure what that did. I don't know if you guys saw that. That's cool. Uh, I wanted to interject there. So with your um, you're a little off with that aspect because you're thinking of the EJB menu, the Ed Boon oh. menu, which is which is a secret menu he programmed into the attract mode. You could hit. Uh, it's a combination of player one block and player two block, and they're a little different for each game, but 
you hit like player one, 10 times, player two, two times. And you go back and forth about five or six times and you'll get pretty much into, it's almost a carbon copy of the test menu, uh, which uh, to elaborate on that, the test menu is pretty much for what they had for arcade vendors when they used to purchase these uh, cabinets you know, 30 years ago, they can go in there and set their pricing on the game. They can change the audits, uh, the difficulty and stuff and all that stuff, which is only accessible when you would maybe unlock the machine and go in there and hit the button. So the EJB menu was uh, a trick way to get into it, which basically had it had a few extra options. You can go in there and see the endings of the different characters. You might be able to see like a demonstration mode, uh, a special thank you list of names, um, so yeah, that's basically the differences between the two. Um, so the, the, the original test menu is easily accessible. And I, like I said, top of my head, I want to say F2 is what yeah, you would press if you were playing it in MAME. Yeah. So that, that's what tripped me up because the test menu, if anybody has original hardware, that's when you hit the test button on your super gun. It's about as easy as it gets. And the, that menu with the plus versions is extremely extended with all of the options that, that we've been talking about, everything in there. Um, but it was just when you mentioned the original test menu, that's what tripped me up because there really isn't many options that we as home players would care about. It's yeah. like, exactly like you said for the arcade operators. But there was a bunch of weird stuff in the other menus. Are, are those unlocked at all, by the way? Is that um, something you could just get into? Explain unlocked, getting to like, the test menu itself? No, getting to the other menus where you have to hit block going back oh, and forth. Oh, the EJB menu. EJB menu, yeah. Okay. I mean, those yeah, those can be accessed with the code at the attract mode. Um, mm -hmm. It's very, uh, it's it's kind of hard to do. Um, you got to be, I from my experience, you don't have to be super fast. You just have to be consistent with the timing of press and block. You got to be consistent with your presses. Um, but uh, it was actually a significant flaw looking back, but it's, it's not going to affect anybody these days because these machines aren't used for monetary purposes at arcades. But you can go in there and actually get into the settings and change it to free play. <laughs> so, yeah, you can do that. But um, other than that, it's the only way to access the other test menu like we spoke earlier. The original one is to actually use the key to unlock it and hit your test button inside. Or if you got like a super gun, like you said, you got a test test button you can hit as well. And in the plus modes, have you made it easier to get into that EJB menu just for people that are curious about it, to see the endings and stuff like that? Or is that just, you didn't bother because it doesn't really matter? There's <laughs> yeah, actually, go ahead, Drew, I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there's uh, we, there, there's really nothing in there that we could have could have added to or anything like that. But uh, most of uh, most MAME versions, you know, have have cheat options, uh, and I think there's a cheat that lets you. I think during attract mode, you hit block like three times on player two or player one, one of the two, and it puts you right in the EJB menu. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that was just some fun Mortal Kombat lore that I didn't know at all until just a few years ago. It probably was before the 2019 when I left myself a note that I learned it, but then I forgot about it. So then I saw it again. I was like, don't forget, write that down. So when you're messing with yours, there, you can enter it. Yeah, when you're digging in code, you find all types of, of things like that. Like, for instance, I was looking into NBA hang time, NBA jam, and I found out there's a way to get up. There's a, there's a secret audits menu. Um which you can access and also a secret uh, developer's screen. You can see the pictures of developers. 
So it's kind of cool when you go through and you're digging in these games and you find things that you don't, you've never seen, and it's not on the cutting room floor. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the cutting room floor website, but it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, there you go. So it revolves around things that are, uh, are cut from the game and aren't in there, but maybe in there, like for instance, MK2 plus Sub-Zero's Air Freeze, his sprites were actually still on the actual, the ROMs. Um, all I had to do was bring the animation to life and, and program the actual freeze routine and stuff. All you had to do. All you had to do. Fuck that. <laughs> so, all I had to do was rebuild the car from scratch. No problem. So there's, it's really cool for us. I, you know, I can say it's for Drew too, but it's really cool when you find new stuff. Like, for instance, when we found that Scorpion has an unused mask on his 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 fight intro screen for ultimate mk3 is actually a skull instead of his cloth mask or his fabric mask he's got a skull uh face which is really cool so that's like one of the coolest things about doing this is just finding unused stuff and uh bring it to life you know yep. hmm. there is uh almost a complete sprite rip of robotron 2084 uh, on the umk3 chips Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> oh yeah. They it's huh. you'd be surprised how much leftover data comes. Like in MK2, there's an actual whole series of I think BIOS for MK1 Sonya and MK1 Kano still on the program ROMs. Hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's like huh. they didn't take in they started from where they were added it and you know whatever they didn't use just kind of got overwritten as they went down the program file Jeez, that's crazy i never heard that one before either so what would you recommend that people check out um for for each of the the two main release games you know so somebody goes they download it uh or you know they flash the roms on their original arcade board for both MK2 and 3, and I think you should each answer with your favorite games, of course. So, But um, what do you think is the first thing you recommend they check out? And character select screens too easy. You can't, they can't say that. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to see the different characters. On go ahead. I'll let you go, Drew. All right. Uh, I would say check out Rain and New Cybot. Uh, Rain has, of course, his complete moveset. He's, he actually exists in the arcade now. And Noob Cybot has his uh, moveset from Trilogy. Uh, it's much less broken uh, because there's hit limits on certain moves now, and you can't pu- you can't perform infinites uh, based on a single pop up anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But definitely check out uh, the new less broken characters. That's awesome, and that's obviously UMK three. Yeah, yeah, plus. It's UMK three plus. <laughs> How about you, Paul? For two? Oh, for MK two, oh, I think I kind of hit on what I like the most about, um, but. For MK2, I feel like one of the coolest things, uh, like if you're a veteran and you've played this game, you know, for the past 25, 30 years, and you might not know about the secret characters that are playable, but one of the processes to get them, because I'm, I'm very stingy when it comes to giving people stuff, so I make you earn the unlocks. Like, you, you're going to have to go in there and find out how to unlock Smoke so you can play as them, how to unlock new Cybot, Jade. Um, and there's even bosses that are playable in MK2, if you didn't know. That's even deeper in the game. So one of the things, I guess, one of the coolest things to check out is, you know, if you've played the game a lot, you know, 
those are some challenges you should probably start looking into doing because you you know what the game's about and this gives you the additional uh, i guess replay value to go in there and, and try to unlock these secret characters to play as the secret characters mm. that's awesome I, for me it was just I think, and obviously, this just goes to show how much of a freaking nerd I am. But when I first fired up UMK3, I, you know, I, I just uh, UMK3 Plus. I just kind of played a couple rounds of it just to see, and then I went into the test menu, and I think I spent like 15 minutes just looking at every single option, thinking about how it would affect the game. Do I want it on? Do I not? And it just, uh, for, as a nerd, that would be my first suggestion: is to go through and just see everything that you added because it's one thing to read through all your change logs on the website thank but you it's for reading it by it. the way yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> but it's the other thing to actually see it right there and you know and understand what you have access to now yeah you'd be surprised how many of these fixes that go maybe undocumented because they fell through the cracks as well too like i don't even know if i documented it but if you go through for instance an mk2 if you've ever noticed there's a frame of Kung Lao's uppercut animation where half of his body is just missing. Mm. You would have to go through and go frame by frame to see it because it's so fast, but half his body is just gone. So uh, I'm not sure if that's documented. That's just one off the top of my head that might have fell through the cracks. But uh, most of the time, all those little things that may slip through are just little fixes, bug fixes, like, for instance, animation updates, uh, like another big fix off the top of my head uh, would be like MK1. If you ever watch the ninjas, how they walk, their animation is real clunky. Like they do like a shuffle. Hmm. That's fixed as well. And then there's also a pose problem between some of the ninjas because they essentially share all the assets except for maybe an animation, uh, an idle animation, which can be buggy sometimes from the original game. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's i mean the documentation is half the battle i feel like for mm -hmm. for some of this man and uh like true said kudos if, if you actually read through <laughs> the log because there are a lot of changes that go into it yeah yeah i mean it, even if even if people don't have the patience to read through just scroll through just scroll through and look and try to absorb everything that's coming in front of you and understand all of the different things that were done. I think that at the very least is something people should do just to, just to understand what's gone into all these. Definitely. So for MK1, this might be a stupid question, but I do have a bit of nostalgia that I'm now remembering because of this thing. I remember the big debate back in the early nineties with kids, you know, like the preteen, you know, middle school, whatever you want to call them. Getting smoke, getting to smoke in the pit stage on the home console versions. Everybody would then try to go get it at the arcade, and it wasn't accessible in the arcade, right? Well, I think you mean Reptile from MK1. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Reptile. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just, I'm visualizing all of the characters now, and they all wear the same ninja outfit. Right. So. <laughs> I, I totally understand. Uh, from what I know, they're both accessible on both on arcade and home platforms. Because I, I, I had Mortal Kombat 1 and Sega Genesis, uh -huh. and I'm pretty sure there was Reptile on there. But Yeah, you could, uh, yep. And yeah, and on the home years. versions there were, but not in the arcade. One of the differences was you look for, like, the shadow going over the moon on the home versions, but that was not in the arcade. But you could still access Reptile in the arcade by, you know, uh, 
double flawless and fatality without using block unless you're Liu Kang and that's the only time you could use block is during his fatality. That still is all, you know, that's all legit for the arcade version and that's still the same with uh, the plus version, right? Yep, all that's the same and there used to be, uh, as far as MK1 goes in this actual thing to fight Reptile, there used to be a problem where you couldn't do um, Sonya's fatality because her fatality included the block button. Uh, mm. But later revisions, they actually fixed that. Um, and there was also a notable bug. Uh, points difference you would get as player one or player two. If you were to fight Reptile, I think player one would get like 10 million points if you beat them. And hmm. off the top of my head, I want to say player two only got a million because there's a bug. But there's a big uh, discrepancy between, well, not discrepancy, there's a big difference between the, the points difference between player one and player two, which is also a bug fixed in MK Plus. But yeah, the same applies. You got to get the silhouettes across the moon um, and, you know, double flawless with the fatality and uh, all that. Uh, that was brought into MK2 as well mk2 plus oh yeah yeah the, the original pit was brought in mk2 plus i have it here i can't remember <laughs> it's been a while since i've played you it, may though. have been... to go into the settings and, and enable the uh, actual actual levels yeah you got it yeah so it's an option like so we like to give options so it's in there so the in the first one, though, the shadow over the moon, that's the one thing I'm still confused about. Did that happen, the silhouette over the moon? Did that happen in the arcade version? And did it not happen in certain versions of the arcade? No. Was so, it like the first rev revisions it didn't? So the first, actually, when I bought my MK1, my actual arcade, it had revision 1.0, the, the initial one. And that didn't have Reptile. I want to say Reptile, if I'm not mistaken, came... 3.0 or 4.0 revision. Um, I'll have to look that up, but there's only a certain chance of you getting silhouettes. So if you don't have the silhouettes, it's you're, it doesn't matter if you do a double flawless in fatality, you, you're not meeting all the requirements to find him. So that's basically what it was. I want to say it was probably a 12 and a half percent chance that you'd get hmm. silhouettes. It's all coming back to me now that we're talking this out. I think that was it. The The original versions of the arcade didn't have it at all. And that also had the bug where if you just uh, did a high kick jump, backed up, did a high kick jump, you could beat the whole game that way. I watched people do that in my pizza place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where I'm growing up. They had version 1.0 of the game, and that's how we beat it. It was just by yep. jump kicking the whole time. Yep, 1.0. Uh, you can still do that to a certain extent, but um, it's – a lot better. And also 1.0 also didn't have alternate palettes either. Mm. You, I don't think you're able to select the same character if I, if I remember correctly. It's been so long. Like I said, I bought my machine with 1.0, but upgraded it to, I think, 4.0 was the highest revision you can get for Y unit because that's the initial board mine came with. And I do have a T unit, which obviously is for developing MK+. So, and that is based on revision 5.0 so and so all of these are basically you know the plus versions of one two and three are all based on the latest version plus if there's anything better from the other versions that's all added in and, and kind of mixed into the plus but they're all really based off the the least buggy most full versions of the game yeah, yeah. that's awesome so um 
Now, MK Turbo was that official, not official hack back in the day where I believe the developers put it out before MK2 came out or something. There's, Is, yeah, there's a little, I don't, I'm not sure, to be honest. There's been rumors that uh, people that worked on the game made it because uh, mm-hmm. you have to have that, that nibble board, I think they call it. Um, mm-hmm. Now you can obviously you can play it on main, but uh, you have uh, Turbo Ninja hack. Um, there's um, Reptile Man hack I, I've got. Um, and I think there may be one other one. But if if you've played the MK Plus uh, build out there that's available now, you can actually turn on Turbo Mode, which I've brought a lot of that stuff in there. Oh, there's Nifty Combo. That's another one. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can. I brought over a few of those cool things like kind of nostalgic things, like if you're Sub-Zero and you freeze your opponents uh, in Turbo Ninja Hack, you'll start levitating a little bit, you know, <laughs> just so you can juggle them. Um, and there's other things like uh, Uppercut Recovery, I think, is in the, 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 te- uh, the delay is decreased, so you can, you know, juggle a lot. But there's a lot of those little things that I've tried to bring over. Uh, and like I said, they're optional, so, you know, you can't yes. go wrong with it. Because that was the thing. When I got my MK board, it came with the Turbo ROMs. And the story I was told, which you never know if it's internet lore or just complete bullshit, was that it was it was when arcade operators were not yet getting MK2, but MK1 people were starting to move on to different games. So it kind of came from the company officially, unofficially type of thing. And it, the version I had was faster, and you could do your special moves in the air as well. And, you know, it just was one of those neat ways to approach it. I don't know if I would say it was better than the original, but it was just, it was a trip being able to do oh, that on a yeah. game that you'd never be able to do it before. So. Definitely, yeah. You gotta love the lore. I mean, there's so much to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember all the rumors from the 90s, just because oh, there was geez. no, you know, oh, real yeah. internet and Nudalities, you name it, they're all out yep. there. Pedro. The real MP3. SNES blood code. Pedro. <laughs> there was none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun the stuff. The sweat code. <laughs> yes. I think NBA Jam took the cake, though, for the most rumors about a game. I think at least at that time. I mean, that there were so many things we were chasing as kids, and some of it existed, like the whole Bill Clinton thing. And, like, but, you know, obviously some of them didn't. There was never the Michael Jordan hack. Officially, there was the one, you know, if anybody's read the book, there's that one, but that was it. So. I like to tease people that, that, that are in my scene on the arcade side, and I tell them, hey, Michael Jordan's in my NBA hang time. I don't know about yours. He's in yeah. mine. <laughs> but That's funny. They had an actual... I don't know if you know the backstory. They had the MK. Remember the MK characters they had in NBA Jam? Yeah. They had a problem with that. The NBA did. So they, they had to take them out. Oh, and, wow. And there was also a unused, quote unquote, fatality in NBA Jam. I think you had to do something along with the lines. If you would you would push your opponent and they would they would start bursting in the flames going to a crisp. <laughs> they obviously omitted that as well. Oh. That would have been hilarious. I'm sure it's in there. Well, I, you know, I appreciate the insight into your games. I'm such a massive fan of your work and obviously the MK games as well. And it's just, it was very cool to finally talk to you. We've all exchanged messages over the years, but this was a very cool chat. Was there anything that I didn't talk about that you guys wanted to mention? Uh, Was there an aspect of the game that I'm not seeing that you wanted to tell people about? Basically like anything you wanted to add to all of this. 
Go ahead, bro. You got anything? Oh, man, you kind of put me on the spot. Paul. You, <laughs> oh, you it's giving me time to think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I I really don't. I mean, Paul Paul gets to think, so I'm I'm going to ramble for a second. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. <laughs> uh, there was just there's so much that goes into the game, like you mentioned. Um, it, it's something that takes a lot of it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. Some of the most fun that I had in this game was making things blow up, like making things just completely screw the game up. Like uh, I long, long time ago, before uh, I was working on UMK three plus, I had a hack out there is just very simply titled Revision one point three. And one of the things in this hack was the blood stayed on the ground. Uh, it it didn't dissipate. Uh, and that creates problems after a while, especially on some of the busier stages, uh, especially in 2v2 when you have smoke characters out there. So you got all these different things flying around on the screen. I got to the point one time, I don't know, I don't remember how it happened. The screen was flickering, all this crazy stuff was going on. I killed one character, and then instead of the next character hopping onto the screen and being ready to go, Robot Smoke just kind of like walks out onto the screen and just keeps walking and keeps walking and keeps walking. I can't hit him. I can't I can't do anything. Uh, his side of the controls don't work. He just walked right on the screen and walked right off the screen. And that was that. And then the timer eventually ran out. Um, but yeah, like so th there's there's so much cool stuff in the game. There's so much cool stuff to learn about the game. But if you check out my long ago streams and some of Paul's long ago streams, uh, like there's so much stuff that we just we, we crashed the game probably 20 times more than what we fixed anything. Uh, so, oh, yeah. like, definitely. this is one of those times where, like, the destination, the, like, the journey is definitely half the destination. Hmm. That's neat. That must have been a trip. Like everyone's working fine, and then all of a sudden he just walks across the screen randomly. Like, <laughs> is this shit haunted? Am I tripping? What's going on? <laughs> oh, so let's see. The question was: Was there something that you may have missed, or was there something that you wanted people to know that I hadn't that we hadn't covered in this, you know, in um, this chat? Well, basically, um. The website is currently in a limbo. The WorldCombatPlus.com website is a limbo. So if you try to access that, you will have probably a connection issue. Um, we were contacted, and I'm pretty sure we can talk about this now. Uh, we were contacted by WB um, with complaints of copyright infringement. Um, mm. So... It's not a big ordeal. Everything's pretty much handled. But uh, one of the processes was to um, take down whatever they deemed was a copyright on the website. Any kind of like images of the, the project that contained the game. Um, so my thing is that's coming back soon. Obviously, I have to abide with their wishes. Uh, it's, it's not my intellectual property. It's more of a you know, a project fan site, uh, we call it. And we're, I feel a little bit unfairly targeted. Um, but I guess that's what happens when something gets a little, you know, a little bit of notoriety, like a project that kind of gets kind of popular. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, the website's going to be back online soon. 
Um, uh, and I think that's about it. I think that's all I have to share about that. So, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry if people are trying to access it to get the patches because uh, that's where they were uh, hosted originally. And they're still there. All the hosting's still there. It's just until all the, uh, the DCMA, uh, is it DMCA? DMCA, yeah. DMCA yeah. is, you know, fixed. Um, it won't be redirected to the hosting. So all the hosting is still there. Um, I'm just waiting for the uh, the server uh, of, of my services, which is GoDaddy, to uh, allow me access back to it to remove said complaints. And that'll be all uh, back to normal, and people can get the patches from the website again. Um, but in the meantime, we'll give you the link to our Discord, which also has host of the patches. So if people want to patch mm. their ROMs, they can patch their ROMs uh, with our patches. Uh, yeah, everything that was available on the website is now linked through your Discord temporarily. So there's, you know, people can still get everything that we're talking about, just not through the main site until right. it's back up. Yeah, pretty much. That's okay. uh, that's the one downside about DMCA is anybody could file a complaint, and whoever has the most money or the better lawyer will win. Period. End of story. Doesn't really matter what you did, whether it's legal or not. It's you know, or, or whoever has the most time to spend on it. A few people in the 3D printing scene were dealing with one psychotic troll that was just DMCAing everybody because that's oh. his favorite hobby now. Because I guess that's what happens when you have no friends, hobbies, or <laughs> anybody to talk to. So, yeah, that's a that's a bitch. That sucks. But yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's I've come to kind of I kind of was going to expect sometimes coming into this kind of trouble with him, but. Uh, it's like I said, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, if we abide by their DMCA's uh, complaints, uh, we can proceed and have the website hosting resolved. So, Yeah, they didn't tell you cancel the project or we'll sue you. They just said take our intellectual property off your website. Right. So the... the Fair the, enough. Yeah. So to get, you know, a little bit into it, they see that we have people contributing, you know, maybe donations because they like what we're doing. And mm -hmm. they went as far as saying, Hey, we want all those donations. <laughs> it's like, no, what? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm like, look, you know, they also said, Hey, we, uh, BCC our website people here. We want you to, sign over your domain name to Warner yeah. Brothers. And I'm like, copyright.org, my man. Yeah. You can't, you can't. No, that's mine. So, you know, that's the thick of it. Um, nothing more than that. Uh, so basically, I, you know, I just wanted to say that that's going to be back on soon. So. Yeah, that's happened so many times. I've been a part of that so many times where oh. a big company will step in and say, like, we're going to take everything. And you just... You don't blink. Just look them dead in the virtual eye and tell them to eat a bag of slimy dicks. And then it's like, okay. And just right. a well, satchel of Richards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened uh, allegedly, maybe, in like 2000. I was uh, I had equipment that may or may not have been used to get DirecTV for free. <laughs> and they sent me a letter saying that I, if I pay them five grand, right now we'll forget about it <laughs> and admit guilt they'll forget about it or if they i don't they're going to come after me for the full extent 150 grand per device that was ordered for everything else and i'm looking at it like 
how how do they know what I'm using this for? You yeah. can't. So I called a lawyer and they were like, how would they know what you're using it for? Yeah. That's bullshit. Funny enough, the same programmers were used to program uh, homebrew or TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine cards as well. I remember those. So it's one of those things where he's like, no, this is this is typical big corporate lawyer Scare bullshit. Scare tactics. Yeah. Yep. Try to freak you out. And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll write this letter for free. And he basically was like, I'm Bob's lawyer. If you're going to try this bullshit, you contact me. If you contact me again, we're going to sue you for harassment. That was the last I heard of it. So. Oh, nice. I'll have to, I'll have to try yeah. that next time. <laughs> yeah, well, the internet made it a little bit uh, harder for people to get away with stuff like that. So yeah. if you do that, talk to a lawyer first. <laughs> spend like, you know, the hundred bucks or something and have them send the go fuck yourself letter. And, uh, you know, that way it's it's not on you. But It's authentic. There you go. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I'm glad that you had the uh, the foresight to to realize that they were just bullying and to just say no. And I think what they came back with is what you knew from the beginning you were going to have to deal with at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. Whenever exactly. you're working with somebody else's IP, it's just it's it's going to happen at some point or another. Yeah. So, the timing of it couldn't have been worse because I think UMK three plus public beta two released like like three weeks or something prior to that. Maybe that's what got it. Got it up there Probably. a little bit. You know? Might have been. Don't yeah. forget, the more popular you get, the bigger target you are. Yeah. Regardless of whatever what it is that yeah. you're doing. So yeah. that's it. But well, I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you're still working on it. And uh, you know, if if something ever does happen where they try to shut your website down, don't worry. Myself and the rest of my crazy friends will make sure that there's more copies of this floating around than there are the original, <laughs> just to stick it to them. So, nice. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, thank you both for your time. This was freaking awesome. Thank I really you. loved talking about yes, MK. You. Um, uh, you know, maybe the next uh, the next release or something, we could do the same thing, but like a live stream where we play the game on Fightcade or something. You two could take turns just whooping the shit out of me, and uh, maybe I'll get <laughs> Art or Carsey or somebody up over here or, you know, on my nice. end just to balance it out. Two v two, nice, absolutely. So thank you both. I'll have links to where to get all the stuff that we talked about to your discord, of course, uh, to where you could file a complaint against Warner brothers. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't bring it anymore. <laughs> you know, of course your, your Twitter accounts or social media, I'll make sure everybody knows where to find you. And thank you both so much. This was awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks, Bob.